The idea that the world will reach net zero by 2050, then all will be fine, is something of a delusion. The path it is suggested we must follow to reach that magical net zero by 2050 is both misleading and simply untrue. Here in Australia, we are already at 1.4 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial temperatures and the much-championed 1.5 degrees Celsius named as a target at the 2015 Paris-United Nations talks, is unavoidable. Welcome to this latest episode of Climate Conversations. I'm your host, Robert McLean. Climate Conversations is assembled here in Shepparton, in northern Victoria, Australia, on the lands of the Yorta Yorta people. Yes, the stolen lands of the Yorta Yorta people. And I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. And yet, as we career towards a world about which we have no experience or knowledge, we are constantly told that this or that green product will not only take us to net zero by 2050 with ease, but will take us back to a world similar to that in which humanity thrived. Net zero 2050 is not where we want to be, as it says nothing about reducing our carbon dioxide emissions. Rather, it simply suggests that whatever emissions we do produce will be offset by some process somewhere else. The idea of net zero by 2050 simply provides some emotional comfort. It's about kicking the can down the road and trusting that someone, somewhere, will come up with a practical solution for removing carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. I urge you not to draw any comfort from the idea of net zero by 2050. For the world's decision makers are so drawn in by and implicated in the existing economic system that they are unable to choose between processes that worsen our climate and those that would ensure humanity could both survive and thrive. Writing on Medium, Anthony Signorelli says, or asks the question, why are fossil fuels so hard to quit? He writes, the climate doom headed our way calls for one giant solution. Stop burning fossil fuels. As much as deforestation in the Amazon, beef production and the melting permafrost in the Arctic contribute to greenhouse gases to the atmosphere, there's no way to stop climate change while burning fossil fuels the way we do. We know this. As a result, many activists say we just need to quit fossil fuels. But just quitting turns out to be much harder to do than it is to say. Look at the trouble Europe is having as the Russian oil spigots have been turned off. Observe the political trouble in the US caused by this year's rapid rise in gasoline prices. Economies that don't have fossil fuel energy, their people tend towards chaos. And from The Guardian we hear, Cumbria coal mine is backward step, says Alok Sharma. The story begins. Story division over green policy deepened last night when the party's climate change champion said a proposed new coal mine on the outskirts of Whitehaven in Cumbria would send completely the wrong signal about the fight against climate breakdown. Before an imminent decision on the mine's future, expected this week, Alok Sharma, whose presidency at COP26 ended last month, made clear his opposition to any move to approve the venture. Over the past three years, the UK has sought to persuade other nations to consign coal to history because we are fighting to limit global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius and coal is the most polluting energy source, Sharma said. 
A decision to open a new coal mine would send completely the wrong message and be an own goal. The proposed new mine will have no impact on reducing energy bills or ensuring our energy security. And from Dismog we hear, Puerto Rican cities sue fossil fuel companies in major class action, climate fraud case. Nearly 25 years ago, oil major Shell predicted in an internal 1998 report that a class action lawsuit would be brought against fossil fuel companies following a series of violent storms. That prediction is finally coming true. A group of Puerto Rican communities, which were ravaged by hurricanes Irma and Maria in 2017, are suing Shell and other fossil fuel producers in a first-of-its-kind class-action climate liability lawsuit. The groundbreaking case, filed November 22 in the U.S. District Court for the District of Puerto Rico, is the first climate-related class-action lawsuit in the United States filed against the fossil fuel industry to target the industry with federal charges of racketeering. It alleges the fossil fuel defendants engaged in a coordinated multi-front effort to promote climate denial and defraud consumers by concealing the climate consequences of fossil fuel products in order to inflate profits. A study from Sweden summarises the enormous role water plays in climate mitigation, from wetlands that take up carbon to untreated wastewater that emits methane. The Inside Climate News story says, Water as a part of the climate solution. The intersection of freshwater and climate is a frequently ignored but critical element in the climate problem, according to a new study from Sweden that explores the link and offers solutions that will help lower emissions. Two years in the making, the study, The Essential Drop to Reach Net Zero, Unpacking Freshwater's Role in Climate Change Mitigation. It's published by the Stockholm Resilience Centre, identifies forests and freshwater wetlands as a crucial depository of carbon. More than 30% of estimated global carbon emissions are sequestered in wetlands, so the need to protect and restore them is urgent. The global water supply is the bloodstream of the Earth and the foundation of any successful mitigation action, since Earth's climate system and water cycle are deeply intertwined, said Martin Lundberg, Ingmarsen, Program Manager at the Stockholm International Water Institute and the study's lead author. Ours is the first ever summary of current research on the role of water in climate mitigation. From Inverse we hear the wreckage of ancient hurricanes could predict future storms. If you look back at the history of Atlantic hurricanes since the late 1800s, it might seem hurricane frequency is on the rise. 2020 had the most tropical cyclones in the Atlantic, with 31, and 2021 had the third highest after 2005. The past decade saw five of the six most destructive Atlantic hurricanes in modern history. Then a year like 2022 comes along, with no major hurricane landfalls since Fiona and Ian struck in late September. The Atlantic hurricane season, which ends November 30, has had eight hurricanes and 14 named storms. It's a reminder that small sample sizes can be misleading when assessing trends in hurricane behaviour. There is no such thing as natural variability in hurricane behaviour year to year, and even decade to decade, that we need to look much further back in time for real trends to come clear. Fortunately, 
hurricanes leave behind telltale evidence goes back millennia. Queensland's Indigenous Women Rangers give an Earthshot Prize for protecting Great Barrier Reef. That story is from The Guardian and it says, The Queensland Indigenous Women Rangers Network has been awarded a £1 million, that's $1.8 million, Earthshot Prize for its work in protecting the Great Barrier Reef. The network was awarded the Revive Our Oceans category of prizes, which was launched by Prince William and David Attenborough in 2020. The initiative is described by Earthshot Prize as an inspiring women-led program that combines 60,000 years of First Nations knowledge with digital technologies to protect land and sea. Now we go back to The Guardian. Things we lost in the wildfires. Images of the devastating personal cost of a warming world. A camera, a lamp, a child's tricycle. Photographer Gideon Mendel's latest project highlights the everyday impact of the climate crisis. I was looking for a way to respond to the climate crisis for a long time, says Gideon Mendel. Since the 1980s, the South African photographer has dedicated his career to documenting social issues around the globe, from the atrocities of apartheid to the Syrian refugee crisis. And from Canary Media we hear, a giant clean energy transmission line to New York City is now underway. Construction has begun on the 339-mile Champlain-Hudson Power Express, which will deliver Canadian hydropower to New York City as the city retires fossil fuel plants. You'll find links to all those stories in the show notes. We've reached the end of this episode of Climate Conversations. Thanks so much for your company. So until we talk again, please take care, stay safe, and please be kind. Everyone you meet is fighting a great battle. And please, if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share with your friends. And once again, stay safe and please take care.